You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for checking out the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 82. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week is Mr. Dean DeFalco. Uh, hang on, I'm using uh, Tamadris. <laughs> and Mr. Matthew Much. Man, what the fuck is a Micronaut? Not joining us this week is Mr. Evan Goldstein. Apparently he is at a uh, another symposium. You know, these Actually, symposiums. Actually, I've, I've had word that he's <sighs> never been to a symposium. He's been moonlighting as a DJ at some, <laughs> some sick-ass clubs. He's dropping them beats and... Uh, People are waiting for the drops, and when he drops it, it, it is he's dropping fire. And that mm. place is fucking lit when he's in there. DJ EJ3 or EG3? <laughs> EG3. A, EG3! EG3! Up in this shit. Uh, anyway, we're not going to do that because we are not those guys. But uh, we are going to talk about some comics this week. There was, uh, there, there was a couple really good books and uh, one book that I couldn't make my way through. Uh, before we do that, though, just keep in mind this is a spoilerific show, so we are going to spoil the books that we are talking about. So if you haven't read this week's comics, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Go back and read them, and then come listen to us bullshit about them. Also, in case you couldn't guess, we're going to curse. Because we do that, we have our big boy pants on. Gentlemen. We're going to start the uh, week off with a book that I simply could not make my way through, uh, and that was Micronauts number one, written by Cullen Bunn with art by uh, David Baldion, and uh, the finishes by Fico Asio, Max Dunbar, Jack Lawrence, and David Baldion finished his own shit. I suppose the finishes means the inking, I guess. I mean, that, that's cool. You know, Jack Palance is a great actor, so obviously he'd probably <laughs> he be a good artist, is. too. Um, uh, I, yeah, I made it about halfway through this book, I'm going to be honest, and then remembered why I didn't read the Micronauts back in the day when they were originally out either. It, which, it didn't hook me. Which I think someone absolutely would have needed to. This is not a jumping on point. No. no is this like no. a continuation or something? It seems uh, to be. It's either a continuation or the incredibly bad, you know, oh, uh, you know, drop them in the middle of the action so mm-hmm. it hooks them, but done really badly. I mean, I like th- that everyone's a different type of robot and they all have backstories and stuff, but besides that, there's not really too much you can grasp quickly. Uh, it, it's kind of <laughs> confusing. I think um, I think the thing that, that turned me off to the book is that we we just got done with uh, um, fucking Secret War. What the hell was the big Marvel event that just happened? Yeah, Secret, Secret War. Wars. Yeah, Secret Wars. It's standoff right now. But. Yeah, standoff, which I liked. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Um, but this felt very similar, like the world-ending events that we had just dealt with in the uh, Marvel universe. And I know the, these are different universes. And Micronauts was originally a Marvel title, back well, a licensed property that they did through. I think it was Star Comics. I could be... It doesn't matter. Um, but this felt, from the first couple of panels, like I was just jumping right back into to Secret Wars, and I absolutely did not want to do that. So had I read this book six months from now, perhaps uh, my judgment would have been a little a little different. But right now, I mean, in the, on the second page, I, the guy is saying the entropy cloud, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, it's just... 
No. That was I the did, only I, interesting no. thing in the entire book, so you, you read it. Oh, okay, good. Good, yeah, that, that's about what I made it through. I made it through that and uh, a little bit of the talking in the city, which felt vaguely uh, vaguely like Star Wars Episode Three, where uh, Anakin and the, the bounty hunter, who doesn't really do much, and they're that good, huh? flying through the city. Yeah, that, I don't know. It felt like that to me. And uh, then I kind of checked out and went, nope, this isn't for me. The art kind of changed, too, like a couple pages in, I, which I don't care for. You know, we've talked about how. Oh, I hate that. Hate that. Yeah, because it went from the first ten or so pages. I really liked the artwork, and then on page eleven, it got really cartoony. And not that the artwork was bad, it was just so different that it just totally took me out of it. And I just I shut it at that point and went, no, I don't need to. I don't well, know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling the book too much. I, again, I thought there were some things that could be cool if elaborated upon. Uh, the end of the book is they, they've they been set up in a medical station. Uh, when I mean set up, I mean like double-crossed. Mm. Um, they're, they're getting fired at. They find some crazy old uh, mech suit that's called like a biomech or something. Mm-hmm. And they find out that when they're supposed to be getting medical supplies, they're actually supposed to be retrieving biological weapons. So... It's, I don't know, kind of just, it's meh. Like, it, it was okay, I guess. I, it wasn't the best book I've read. It certainly wasn't the worst. But I guess this would only really be for people that really fucking care about Micronauts, which I gotta <laughs> assume is very small. That's one, one thing. Uh, there's no indication of what scale they're existing on. If the yeah. entire universe is ending... Uh, right at their doorstep. It doesn't matter, I guess, but you can't tell if they're microscopic or macroscopic or gigantic. Right. There's no way to tell because there's no point of reference. Yeah, no, the, there really isn't. I, I, For a debut issue, I don't feel like the book was handled all that well. Everything looks cool. Like, the robots look cool and the characters nah, look cool. Dude has an but... armored goatee. Well, he's a pharaoh. He's a pharaoh. It's supposed to be like a rap, but he's a robot, so it's armored. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. I was also really turned off by the uh, last page in the book showing me uh, more ads for Winona Earp. And holy shit, do I never want to see that again. You know. So uh, this is a pass from me. It sounds like it's a pass from you guys as well. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. yeah, man. I don't. I don't know what. The, I'm sure it has a long and storied history mm-hmm. with many diehard fans. Not me. Not not the three of us. And I'm sure Evan didn't like it either. See, because like Evan and I are old enough to where Micronauts was a thing uh, when we were younger, but uh, this just it, it certainly didn't pull me back in or anything. So. Let's uh, let's jump over to Avengers Standoff Assault on Pleasant Hill Omega Number One, which is an unnecessarily long title uh, for a book I really did enjoy. Written by Nick Spencer, art by Daniel Cunha, and this is uh, this is I think the final issue that is setting up the new Civil War. Um, what we have is the sentient cosmic cube Kobik, uh, basically being tricked by the villains in Pleasant Hill, uh, Fixer and uh, Craven, the hunter, because it's always fun to see Craven, and uh, be, all being led by Baron Zemo and, and the rest of the C-list guys there. 
uh, are tricking this little girl who Maria Hill used to set up Pleasant Hill, uh, tricking her. They, they want to capture her so they can use her for their own uh, nefarious means. And the heroes are, well, they're having none of it pretty much. And the there's some really nice moments in this book of the newly youthful Captain America or the youthful again Captain America, Steve Rogers, uh, getting the Avengers together. And it is a a ragtag hodgepodge of Avengers. It's there's a couple heavy hitters there, but then there's Miles Morales and Miss Marvel. So the the new Avengers book and I I really like this. To to really go through and, and dissect this story, there's so much going on in this book. Um, really, the, the most important stuff kind of happened towards the end where Maria Hill was talking to the, what do they call them, the tribunal? I've already forgotten. Yeah, I guess, that's a good word for it. The, Call it that. The World Council, the Council of Leaders, whatever the fuck they are. Uh, and she, you know, the, this whole Pleasant Hill thing was a giant fucking disaster. Uh, just a disaster on the unimaginable scale. Zemo escapes. They lose the Cosmic Cube, the sentient Cosmic Cube, um, which is about the worst outcome that you could possibly want. Zemo being the worst of the villains that was there, the Cosmic Cube being unbelievably powerful. They are both missing, along with uh, Dr. Eric Selvig, because Kobik, in her uh, anger, sends them away to the Himalayas, because why not? As Maria is explaining this, she she tells them that she wants to look at the positives of this situation, and they basically smack her down and tell her that she is no longer going to be the acting director of Shield. She will be the public face of Shield until they finish their inquiry. And while all this is going on, while Shield is crumbling around them, the Red Skull is back, and he is not using his powers of telepathy that he got from. Xavier's brain being grafted onto his, he is using old school, we are just going to build this from the ground up by playing on people's fears and emotions, and we are going to Donald Trump our way into making a new Hydra. So he's being Hitler again. Pretty much. Uh, pretty much. And I, for one... That's the next Marvel event, Hitler again. Hitler, <laughs> Hitler, Marvel Hitler Comics again. presents Hitler again. I really am on board with this. Uh there's some some stuff early in the book where Zemo says, you know, you guys put us in prison in the most fucking unimaginably torturous way you could possibly do it, you fucking assholes. And then he shoots a couple guys and he says, you know, this is mercy. Like me shooting this guy in the fucking head is a mercy killing. What you did to us was so much worse. And he's not wrong. You know, the... I guess. The motive... <laughs> Well, I, uh, that's an interesting point, though. Do you think that this was an acceptable... Uh, would this be an acceptable punishment? Well, well they're just... They're going to go out and steal and kill people. So it's kind of okay. Well, I, I mean, it's it's difficult to say because on one hand, if you're talking about people in today's like standards, there are very few exceptions where this would be okay because you're totally going against people's just moral rights. You're literally taking away their identity and making them be someone else. Now, I could assume it being hell. If you're awake inside the shell and you can't control yourself, you're just along for the ride. That's pretty fucking terrible. However, 
these are super villains. Sure. They're, they're, they're pretty much the worst of the fucking worst. Like, murderers and fucking, literally, Try and Hitler take over juniors, the world. Like, bad sure. people. Sure. I guess if it was going to be okay for anyone, it'd <laughs> probably be these guys. Well, uh, but Also, they weren't go ahead, man. aware. Yeah. They had to be awakened right. by somebody who became aware. With, uh, with the Tamadra? Working. Yes, with the Tamadra. <laughs> yeah, a latent Tamadra. <laughs> Well, I, but that's the interesting question, though, and that, that I think is what has hooked me so much about this book, um, because I was one of those asshole philosophy minors in college. So the the moral and ethical question of evil at its central core is merely a point of view. Now, I, I believe all three of us would agree that, you know, somebody like Hitler was an evil genocidal fuck, but... He, he didn't think so. So, but but he was sure, but he didn't think so, and neither did a lot of people that followed him. Does that make it okay for for people who disagree with him to sit in judgment and say that this sort of treatment would be okay? Because the the question then becomes. If you say that it is okay for us to do that to them, well, yeah, we have the to then say it is okay for them to do that to us. What about the uh, the greater good? But whose definition of good is Guys, it? Guys, all right, listen. <laughs> I, that's what I find so interesting about this book in particular. I think it's I think it's a great setup for civil war. I think it's a that that's the thing. It's a very good plot point, just like they did with the original Civil War with throwing rights into it. They're doing it in a whole different spin, which is very interesting, and it should make for a good lead up into the story. And the story itself, I I gotta say, I'm I'm surprised this isn't coming off the rails because normally when you try to make a Civil War two or anything like that, it, it just doesn't go well. No, you don't make, normally normally not. make a sequel to a big book and it go all right. I mean, DC has a really bad track record mm. for doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So They actually yeah. have no track record because the entire universe resets every five that's years. That's true. That's true. They, they keep thinking if they fuck up, they could just wipe it clean by restarting everything. Yeah, we'll just start over again. I mean, I like I am going to love this book because as I read through here, uh, you know, like I said, the Red Skull kind of calls these villains C-list uh, at best in the end of the book. But fucking Bybeast was in it. And any book that has Bybeast in it, I am, I mean, what a fucking weird-ass character. I, I'm so in. Is he bisexual? <laughs> no, no, he's the guy with the, the head on top of the other head. Oh, that guy. Yeah, love that guy. They should have just made him bisexual. He might be. Who knows? He might be. Um, the big reveal, big spoiler for this book, uh, it hit the the net uh, a few days ago, was that this book would be the debut of the new Quasar, that Wendell Vaughn uh, would be giving up the cosmic bands to a new uh, person. That person is uh, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent named Avril Kincaid. He is now training her to be the new Quasar. And uh, Quasar was always a weird character. Like, I always really liked when Quasar showed up, but his book in particular never did very well. It, hey, that's great. Um, I always knew Avril Lavigne had it in there. <laughs> she just reminded me I miss the old Quasar. <laughs> you miss Wendell Vaughn? I miss the headband, like the bad... Oh, wait. No, the Quasar I knew was a silver-haired lady. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, the Annihilation stuff. 
the Abnet yeah. and Lanning when they took over and did all the the sci the the sci-fi stuff. Yeah, that there was that quasar, but Wendell Vaughn was like the old old quasar. Um like from when I was a kid and I don't know, I just I remember being on a family vacation and that was one of the books that I got at some random comic shop. It was like Ah, this looks kind of cool, and it was like Quasar in a gladiator ring. It was uh, pretty dope. I've always liked the character, but new Quasar showing up. Um, the Red Skull is back. He's rebuilding Hydra. Baron Zemo is out on the loose. There is a sentient cosmic cube, and there is a very interesting moral and ethical dilemma that the heroes are going to have to face. This is one of, in my opinion, the most successful setups that Marvel has ever done as far as leading into a big event. I'm actually excited for this one. I think I mostly agree. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think this book is going to let us down. And with all the stuff happening with the movies, it's perfect timing because people are going to read this, uh, the first Civil War to, uh, after the movie comes out or before it, depending on how interested in Marvel they are. And they're going to be like, man, I want more. They're going to go to the comic book store and sure enough, this first issue is probably going to be out when that movie like hits its full stride next week, or there's going to be at least like little hints of things going on, and people are going to be like, "Man, standoff! That's awesome! Let's see what else happens." And Marvel knows how to rake in the money. They certainly do. I, only gripe I had with this book, I don't like uh, what they've done to Rick Jones being the whisperer, like the hacktivist. That's a little, uh, yeah, it's pretty it's a little dumb. hacky, as it were. I don't know. Rick James is a pretty great guy, even for, though he's dead. He, great music, so you know, whispering probably probably really good for him yeah, too. Well, it, you know, it very well might be. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was just it was a little hokey. It's a little cheesy, um, and really, I mean, the only major gripe that I had with this book was that the art changes uh, quite a bit throughout the book. Yeah. Um, which again, I just don't, I just don't fucking like it. Um, we also got. I would be. Uh, it would be poor reporting of us to to not mention that Kobik, the sentient cosmic cube, who is a, a little girl in this book. She's not actually a little girl. Um, which there's a nice moment in the book where Bucky is about to shoot this this cosmic cube, and uh, Sam, the Falcon, is like, uh, "What the fuck are you doing, dude?" And he's like, "No, no, no! I, I get what what this looks like. It looks like I'm about to murder a sweet little girl. I promise I'm not. It's a cosmic cube, you know. Like, so there's a cool moment there. But Bucky and the cosmic cube are now kind of going to go off on an adventure, and it looks like this will be the start of the new Thunderbolts book, That's um, right. which I'm pretty excited about because I fucking loved the old Thunderbolt Thunderbolts book. I'm really excited <laughs> for that to come back. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely a pick it up for me. Definitely a buy. You guys. Oh yeah, fuck it. Yeah, man. I didn't even read the book, and I'm, I knew it was gonna be good. It was good. I only had a minor problem with it in that it was so incredibly a setup for Civil mm. War that it almost didn't stand on its own as a mm. comic or a conclusion to an arc. It was just like, oh, look what's <laughs> coming up. Yeah, no, that and that is a very, very fair uh, criticism of the book. It is absolutely just set up, without question. It was just well, well done set up. I liked it quite a bit. So, two yeses and a, and a conditional yes, I suppose. Is it? It's pretty much pretty a much yes. a yes. All right. Well, it's a functional, a functional yes. yes. 
There you go. Jumping uh, from that book, we'll stay with Marvel because I want to finish with the book that I was I was most surprised by this week. Uh, we're gonna jump over to Old Man Logan number five. Now we just we just talked about Old Man Logan uh, number four, which kind of wrapped up, and we uh, was kind of surprised at how quickly that wrapped everything up a couple weeks ago. Uh, this jumps in and starts the new story arc uh, called Border Town, and we start off with. Uh, with Logan being in uh, the Limbo Dimension. That's where the, the X-Haven headquarters is right now. And he, he's talking to Storm. Uh, they just, Storm and the other X-Men had found Logan in the last issue. And he's talking to her and says, you know, there's something I got to do. I got to disappear for a bit. I got to go out. I got to handle some shit. Um, you know, and she says, you know, well, you were always a loner. And, uh, you know, please take this mini Cerebra so you can contact us if 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 you need us. And... You know, he says, no, 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 I, like, I thought I made myself pretty clear. I said I was going to do this on my own. And she says, okay, fine, if I need you. And they, I think Jeff Lemire did a really good job highlighting just how important Wolverine is to the team. And, like, it just doesn't feel like the X-Men without Wolverine. It's Since the adamantium shell was put on him two years ago now? Or was that just last year? I think it was last year. Was no, two years last... ago. Two years ago, I think. Was it? I think Death really? of Wolverine was two years ago. I, you know what? I don't know. Uh, you guys keep talking. I'll look. Whatever it was a year or two ago, it has felt very different, to me anyway, reading through the Marvel Universe, not seeing Wolverine. Um, the joke. Two, two years. years. No shit. Well, wow. uh, year and a half. October 2014 is right. when it ended. Get out of here. I mean, the, the running joke for so long was that Wolverine was in every book, and he did seem to be in every book, but since he's been gone, it's it's been something that I've definitely missed, and we've talked about how good this book has been about making us remember why we loved this character so much, especially this this version of this character. He's just... It's just such a badass character, so... Wolverine leaves the uh, the limbo dimension and heads up to the name of the story arc to this border town in Alaska. And this is the type of town where if you've watched any episodes of Ice Road Truckers, um, this is the type of... And who <laughs> hasn't? Look, if we're being honest, we have all sat there on a Saturday or a Sunday and been like, What's this Ice Road Trucker shit? And then seven hours later, you've watched 14 episodes, and you're like, I just, I got to know about their lives. Are they going to make their delivery on time? It's riveting fucking television. 14 hours later, you're rock hard with a fucking boner <laughs> and a seven-pound steak in front of you. <laughs> there's 35 Coke cans all around, beers everywhere. There's just gangs of people huddled around. You don't even know where they came from. The door's open, fucking hookers all over the place. It's a pretty insane time. It, and it's happened to the best of us. Yep, yep. What? It just has. <laughs> no, Matt, that's not... Huh? Hasn't happened? We, you got to come over for one of our Ice Road Truckers parties. Yeah, they're great case. marathons, man. Ooh, trucker hat. So, anyway, uh, Logan ends up in this town, and it is the type of town that they, you know, that does exist in the country right now. There are people living in a small town like this where there's a couple shacks and, you know, like a restaurant and a bar. You know, and when I say restaurant, I mean a, a place that serves food. Um, 
there's a bar and there's some people that live there and you can only get to it three months out of the year when the ice is frozen enough for you to drive to it. Like these places really do exist. And this is the place that Logan finds himself in and doesn't really know why he's there. He just kind of gets into this town, you know, right after the ice melts um, or right after he gets there, the ice melts. So he's going to be there for the next couple of months. And he starts to get some, some feelings of deja vu of, of the alternate timeline that he was in before everything went to shit and the, you know, the, the global apocalypse and fucking, you know, Wolverine had to kill all the X-Men and the whole original old man Logan storyline. Um, we get a, a very interesting, uh, graphic scene of Wolverine trying to end his own life by placing his head on train tracks as a train is coming, uh, which did not work. Looked painful. Looked fucking shitty, though. I mean, it, it's it. They hit a, a a really. It was really well done, with Logan talking about how he wanted to punish himself, and it is very obvious, you know, looking at the images in this book, that here was a character who felt he had done wrong, and needed to punish himself. Otherwise, you would not put your head on train tracks as a locomotive is speeding towards it. I can't imagine anyway. I mean, you want to end it, you know, it's your prerogative, but fucking not like that. Um, he does say, you know, I buried Wolverine for good and basically became Logan. And we see him kind of going throughout this alternate timeline. He finds the Weapon X facility. There were some, some people in there that he, you know, started fighting with and whatever. And as this flashback to an alternate reality is happening, we're getting the present day of him kind of just living his life in this town. He... He feeds a stray wolf or a stray dog and uh, meets this little girl. And this little girl comes up and starts telling him, you know, you shouldn't feed the wolf. You know, mom says you shouldn't feed strays. They'll keep coming back. And uh, turns out that this little girl, apparently, the way, they're the way the story looks like it's going, is going to be this reality's version of his alternate reality wife, Maureen. Um. As he's yes. talking to this little girl, we flash back again to this alternate flashback where he is in the Weapon X facility, and the she seems to be the leader of the Weapon X facility, pops up and says, you know, stop beating on this fucking guy, there's been enough death, and turns out that this is the Maureen from Old Man Logan that he fell in love with, that he had kids with, and we kind of flop back and forth a couple more times, and it was fucking riveting, man. Like, I've, again... Love this goddamn book. Uh, it, it was is, it was a little confusing at first, but it's a, uh, yeah, go, it's going, a little bit going back and forth. But once they introduced Maureen, it kind of all clicked, and I was like, I get it now. I see what's happening. And yeah, no, it was it was a good book, it, but it took a little while to work up to that because before that just kind of seemed like a mess. You knew something was going on, but I couldn't really figure out what till they finally revealed the kid was her younger in an alternate dimension. Yeah. I looked gorgeous uh, again. I just a fucking beautiful book this is. Everything about it just even I mean the final reveal on the last uh the last couple of panels of apparently the stray that Wolverine fed has been uh slaughtered uh quite brutally by Lady Deathstrike and a ragtag uh group of villains. And they're going to be hunting Wolverine. So Wolverine is going to be 
fighting Lady Deathstrike again, which always makes me happy because she's a fucking awesome character. Uh, perhaps as a bad fan, though, or a bad show host, I do not recognize these other guys. Or I, I recognize them. I cannot think of their names off the top of my head, though. I didn't know them either. No, they just look like random bad guys. Uh, I believe, you know, send us an email, mail at geekade.com. I believe these are mostly 90s creations. I could be wrong, uh, but the fuck, the guy with the tank body um, or with the tank legs, I, fuck, I, I had an action figure of that guy when I was a kid. I can't remember his name. Tank though. Man Cannon Hands. Tank Man, I think that's actually what it was. Tank Man Cannon Hands. It's all coming back to me now. Uh, no, just, just a fucking an absolutely beautiful book, uh, incredibly well written. The artwork, again, just absolutely stunning. Uh, fuck it, man. If you're not reading this book, I, I don't I don't understand. This is one of those books that everyone should be reading. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. This this has been a fantastic book from the start to the near finish because we're, we're getting close now, right? Yeah. I think so. Or, yeah, I think it's eight issues. Is that what we figured out? I, I think was that eight? was it, yeah. Something like that. God damn it. It's all running together. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Oh, it's great. It's always great. It's been great the whole time. It's a little confusing, but you could pretty much work it out. It was it was confusing up until the point where it wasn't, and then it was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. Like, it, it, was a, it was a well-told story, you know, because I can deal with a little bit of confusion as long as there's a payoff at the end of it. You know, yeah. as long as it's like, oh, okay, that all actually does make sense, and I just didn't see it yet, like, that's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of where there's just, like, red herrings and you don't, like, it doesn't actually pay off. Yeah, there's, there's... <sighs> Scooby-Doo uh, I... is full of red herrings. Dude, I was going <laughs> to see that. I was like, anyone remember a pup named Scooby-Doo and that fucking kid named Red Herring, and they always blame and that was never... Actually, I think one time it was his fault. Maybe one time. But, what? yeah, like, but... But that kind of shit, you know, where it's like, this is confusing. And that's because it was a bad story. Not because, you know, like you were just telling the thing that I didn't catch on to yet. Like, that was just, this book is not that. It was, you know, it was a little weird. And then you go, oh, okay, I get it. Right on. Buy this book. Do it now. Yeah, do it. Stop just, listening. Yeah, Pause go, it. Go to, go to Comic Styles. You go buy it. Buy yeah. all of them. Buy two copies. Just you should. Do They're going to be worth like, money one day. Maybe. <laughs> Bag and board it. One to read and one to keep. Yeah, bag bag board it. Uh, get a tattoo of it. Um, uh, you know, graft it into your skin. Mm, yes. Yeah, do that. Do that. Paper cuts podcast does not condone ridiculous <laughs> tattoos of entire issues of comic books. Mm. Could you get a whole issue tattoo? I don't know. Anyway, neither here nor there. All There's right, some so big let's... comics fans. There's enough room. <laughs> there. Oh, that was a. It was a loaded joke. Anyway, uh, last book of the week, Aliens Defiance number one. Okay, all right. Hang on. Before you even say anything about the story, mm -hmm. God, the art, no. Really? I, I wasn't digging it, man. It was like just, really? It was like Judge Dredd type art. I mean, mm. I guess for the, the type of book that it was, it was proper because the book is dark and gritty like the story is, so... In itself, the the art should probably be gritty and dark and like kind of not muddy. It was just I, I don't. It wasn't hyper realistic. I it was ugly art. I guess I 
mm. well-defined ugly art, but ugly <laughs> art all the same. Like, I, I, I didn't like it, um, but that's not saying that it made the book worse. It was just not particularly my preference. What did you think of the art, Matt? It's uh, ugly art for an ugly universe. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I like what you said, Matt. Matt for president 2016. He's he's gonna win. He's gonna I'm win. in. I didn't love it, but it wasn't enough to bounce me. That mm. that's the thing, because I thought the book was good. So because it... I'll I'll bounce off bad art. It'll oh, destroy sure. any plot it has if it doesn't work. But it wasn't that. Uh, that well. Did you did you read uh, Department H from last week? Because <laughs> no, I didn't. Good boy, that was bad. Um. That was a fun revelation, listening to podcasts. Depth. depth. Oh, my <laughs> <Shit>. God. Depth. <laughs> Good times. Great oldies. Uh, Aliens Defiance, number one, new book uh, from Dark Horse, uh, celebrating Aliens Day. Uh, script by Brian Wood, art by Tristan Jones. Um, I have to disagree with you guys on the art. I thought it was fucking fantastic, quite actually, uh, or quite honestly. It. I think what you said, Matt, absolutely nails it. It was ugly art for an ugly universe. Um, it is very gritty. It's very line-heavy artwork. It's very shadow-heavy artwork, which is exactly what I want out of an Aliens book. You know, I, this is the kind of sci-fi... There's, it's always bugged me. Um, yeah, there are people in the world that are huge fans of Star Trek. And specifically the first two television shows, the original. Man, that bugs me too. And, God damn right? It. I mean, come the fuck on. It's not good. Uh, but new next generation. And I could never quite put my finger on what I didn't like about it. And it finally hit me a couple weeks ago because my wife is a huge next generation fan. Um, so as we're watching an episode of this show, it finally dawned on me that what I don't like about that particular sci-fi universe is that it is clean. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to say. I don't like that. It's antiseptic. It is. Everything is like scrubbed and polished and none of it looks lived in. I like my sci-fi <coughs> gritty and dirty. I like aliens. I like Predator. You know, that that's the kind of shit I'm looking for fucking Starship Troopers. If you you know, oh even god, the, I fucking love. Oh god, even the newer, the new the the two Star Trek movies that have come out uh, have been not as clean and not as polished. So this book, I mean, really just I mean it hit me right in the sweet spot for what I want my sci-fi to be. Um, but basically, what we have here is a soldier. Um, being sent out on a mission again uh her name is zulu zula hendrix uh has been sent out by the wayland yutani corporation because they are just a giant evil fucking corporation uh they have sent her out with a bunch of um drones to investigate this ship this a, a ship has come into their their space sector shouldn't be there it's been, you know, so they're sending people out to to investigate it. And it's just a big hauler. It's a big cargo shift, a freighter. Um, as they get there, as you can imagine by the title of the book, 
it is infested with aliens. And again, the Wayland Yukon I thought you were going to say defiance. <laughs> What's that? It is just infested with defiance. <laughs> it is. There's just... God damn it. It is lousy. It's up to its eyeballs in fucking defiance. Um, the Wayland yutani Corporation has not learned its lesson from any of the movies or any of the other books. They continue to try to send people out to get the xenomorphs to weaponize them. And as tired as that particular aspect of the story is, and it is kind of tired, every time they show up, I get really excited. There is a panel um, on, uh, it's about halfway through the book. It is like page 16, 17 or something like that. It is the very last panel on the page. It's I'm looking at it now. It's pan- page 16, the very last panel on the page. And there are just... 12, 13 xenomorphs that are just coming through the door and it is fucking oh, badass. Fucking pissed, and it is, yeah. Oh, it is so terrifying. I mean, they are just, to me, they have always been one of the best monsters in in modern storytelling. They look amazing. They are absolutely terrifying because they are, they are what zombies should be. You know, they are as scary as that because they are just so single-mindedly bent on reproduction that is their goal you know and, and they do it with fucking nasty little mouths that come out of their big mouth um <laughs> i'm gonna eat you with my little mouth it's so funny it oh god i've I, I fucking love them i love the alien story and they just proceed to destroy this this crew minus uh miss hendrix because you know she's the main character of the book so she's gonna live um they are just fucking wrecking the house on these drones and she as she is running away she trips and falls busts her her oxygen mask up a little bit and uh she starts to pass out and then we see a hand kind of grab her and then she's in a stasis tube and it's like all right what the fuck um 27 days later she wakes up she is oh excuse me she is woken up by a different drone that we haven't met yet a drone that has gone rogue from the Wayland yutani Corporation. And he says, you know, they have this conversation. She basically says, like, what the fuck are you doing? Uh, you're going to save the human race? And he says, well, yeah. I mean, you know, they've, they've been trying to weaponize these things, and we have to stop them. So I stole all of this information from the, from the corporation. Every single instance of a sighting or a meeting or whatever, anytime that this corporation has seen these xenomorphs. We have all the data, and we're going to go get them. We're going to hunt them down, and I need your help. It's like, I'm fucking in, man. I am in hardcore. I'm very excited about this book. I loved it. Absolutely It's a horrible plan. Oh, God, it's the worst plan. It's he's not going to end well. He's not afraid. Even It's not going to fucking end well. I can't, but... I love this book. Gentlemen, your feelings. I thought it was great. Uh, well, the story, anyway. But you know what? I can look past the art because I'm interested in the story enough. Man, I am so so surprised you guys didn't like the art that much. I really it was okay. What's I, I, I don't know, man. I just, it just didn't well, sit well with me. That's fair. That's fine. You're allowed to have an opinion. What, uh, what about you, Matt? Are you a big aliens guy? I'm not a big aliens guy. Hmm. A s- small aliens guy. <laughs> uh, 
don't know. I wasn't too sure. I like I wasn't I wasn't just gonna pass on it. I read it and I was pleasantly surprised because I do like the plot, mm-hmm. the new direction they've gone in. I mean, with the same plot, it's just Wayland Yutani trying to get these aliens again, right? And it's another crew that they've sent to die. Yeah, pretty but much. It's a different type of crew. It's a different um, uh, angle. They just sent almost all synthetics, which in theory they shouldn't be able to reproduce in or anything, so that was an interesting angle. Right. They need at least one human to do whatever that they couldn't. They just put her in there, and um, it was was good. I like... I was uh, with it. (laughs) I like the the backstory that we're slowly developing for, uh, for Zula, that she apparently was injured very, very badly uh, during a mission at one time, and she has had her her spinal system rebuilt, and she had to learn how to walk again, and she's very concerned when she wakes up out of stasis about her legs working or not. Um, so I, Yeah, I think, I think she expected to get back for maintenance right. in about two hours, and then it was 27 days, Yeah, so she's a little concerned. Yeah, and I like that. I, I That, to me, is a really interesting wrinkle in the you know how do we make our hero weak you know in the in the and when i say i love the aliens movies i the first two i'm not you know alien three and alien four yeah anything uh, after that uh, until they restarted well not even restarted it but did new things but alien and aliens uh with ripley are awesome and it was you know she was a character that worked you make your hero flawed because she is not a soldier. You know, it, she wasn't a weak character because she was a woman. That's one of the things I always respected about the original story was that it's, it's not that you're a woman that makes you weak against this thing. It's that you are not a soldier and you're in the middle of fucking a, a battle zone. You know, it could have been any character could have been put into that spot. Um, and I thought they handled that with respect the way it was originally done. Well, let's be real for a minute, though. That Easter egg with Ripley's kid was pretty dope, too. Yeah, it was, that was pretty sweet. But here in this book, I think they've done, you know, Brian Wood in his writing has done the same thing. You have another female protagonist, but it doesn't matter that she's female. And that's kind of the point of where I, where I hope uh, pop culture and, and, you know, the different media that we are into it's kind of the the level that I want us to get to of most of the time it doesn't matter if your character is male like you just they just happen to be male here the character the 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 weak point of this character is that she got fucking really hurt in a fight previously that's a, a nice little wrinkle to throw into the story and I, I feel like we're kind of heading down a good path and I, I I have faith in Brian Wood that he will do it justice i mean he hasn't written anything that i haven't loved so i mean this was kind of i knew this was going to be something i would like but i am i'm way in this this was my favorite book of the week by far eclipsing old man logan which i didn't think would be possible uh, I, I i did like like i said i did like the story a lot and it hooked me to the point where um i'm in to read more what more can you ask for uh sausage i would like some sausage I'll see what I can do. While I'm working on that, announcer guy, 
tell us a couple things. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan! Thanks again, announcer guy. And honestly, thank you, the listeners. We really do appreciate you taking your time to listen to us ramble about this nonsense every week. We really, really honestly do appreciate it. We would love it even a little bit more, though. I mean, if we could love you more, the only way we could is if you would take a couple minutes out of your day, go on the iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It really does help get more eyes and ears on the show and is absolutely free. It's the best way you can help out the show. If you have any questions for us, if you have anything you want us want to talk to us about, you can send us an email. You can reach us at mail at geekade.com. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can follow all of us on Twitter and one of us on Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on those two things. I am at Geekade Dan. You can follow Dean. At Kimono underscore Vestlord. You can follow Matt. At Geekade Matt. And you can follow Evan. Well, he's Aww. still at the, the DJ thing. Sorry. At, follow at, Evan Evan? at this week's symposium <laughs> at this week's at geekade it's geekade underscore evan um join us again next week when we have a whole new slate of books to talk about will we read strawberry shortcake number one matt was Probably joking not. but i think we should mother of god mother of god we'll see you on may the 5th revenge of the 5th the day after may the 4th May the 4th be with you. It's so cheesy. There's got to be a Star Wars comic for us to read next. If not, we'll find one. There will be Star Wars. Until that time, for Evan Goldstein, for Matt Much, for Dean DeFalco, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan.